Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. is in the books i hope you guys hit all your bets i hope all of your fantasy teams did well man i had money on the bills lord looked after me i had money on the panthers not so much and i had money on detroit and that was one of the biggest heartbreaks i've ever had in my life but the reason my heart is full is because i'm not sitting in this studio alone no i am joined by Brian fucking Westbrook. Let's go. Let's go, brother. Let's go. Two days a week from now on. <laughs> pods that are coming out Tuesday and Thursday. Talk about the biggest stories in the NFL. Breaking down what happened. Getting a little in-depth more in stories. I am so happy that you're joining me, man. Man, I'm excited about it. Are man. you? Every time I text you, I'm like, man, I got a I gotta text left. I, I, I wanted to see this. All caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's how I that's how I text. Like, hey, I'm excited. I want you to know, right? Right, so let me tell you that I've started to listen a lot more to Goggins. I don't know if you know who David Goggins no. is. Like Navy SEAL, his whole thing is I take people's souls. Mm-hmm. And that's why I texted you that. Uh-huh. You texted me, and okay. I had been listening to this dude and how intense he was, and you were like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. And I sent you what I was like, we are going to break everyone's that's fucking right. face. That's right. Because that's how I want to be. That's how you should talk. That's how yes. you should live your life, actually. That's yeah. why I'm wearing camo, because we're going to war, okay. Brian Westbrook. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so much to get into. Uh, obviously, we are going to be the number one podcast for Eagles. But really, I have to start this on Friday and Saturday because Friday and Saturday was Antonio Brown and there's a million things to get into with it. I only want to do a little bit, but it is the biggest story because I watched the Patriots last night and I went, that team looks like the best team in football. And now they have Antonio Brown all day Saturday. How are you enjoying the I need to be released video that he's been released four o'clock on the uh-huh, dot? Uh-huh. He's on the Patriots. Well, well, here's the deal. I go to sleep Friday. I'm with the kids all Friday night. I'm exhausted. I fall asleep on the couch. I wake up around 1.30 in the morning, Saturday morning, early, and I see the video. Hey, man, can we just focus on football? Stop doing like he apparently recorded John Gruden. This is one of the best videos that I've seen in my life. Like, I mean, this is a a nice video. If Just Do It came on at the end, great job. This is Nike. You've done a great job. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. this is a great video. So I watched the video. I'm like, okay, they figured it out. They figured out how to make Antonio Brown, John Gruden, the Raiders work. Because John Gruden responded and said, I liked it. He liked it. Man. Like, oh, he had no crazy. choice. He had no choice, yeah. though. So I was like, you know, it's a little weird that he's putting out a video after he got in trouble earlier yeah. on in the week for the fine letter. But okay, John Gruden likes it. I'm cool with it. Let, let it go. Then as the day goes on, I'm away from the phone, away from Twitter, away from Instagram. And I'm like, my boys are calling me like, are, are you understanding what's going on right now? <laughs> do you understand what Antonio Brown is trying to do? He's asked the Raiders to release him. I'm like, what? No, no. I saw the video. The, him and John Gruden are cool. Right. 
No. More to the story. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that all this went on within a week. I, <sighs> not even a week. Not even a full week. So Four or five days. What do you think about the conspiracy theories that Antonio <laughs> Brown has been trying to do this all along? That Antonio Brown was trying to go from the Steelers to the Patriots, and the, the Patriots made a trade offer. Steelers turned it down. Yeah. The two teams that then came after him, Buffalo, he said, ain't no way in hell I'm going to Buffalo, goes to Oakland. Feet get burned off. I don't want to deal with the helmet anymore. Yells at Mike Mayock in his face. Yeah. And calls him a cracker and then yeah. says, find me for that, and then punts <laughs> the ball. And then we're sitting here and he asks for his release. He puts out all the stuff. He tweets. And now he goes to New England and he was a free agent at four o'clock and he was signed by like 415. Yeah. What do you think about the whole thing that this has been in the plans the whole time? To go to New England. I'll tell you this. I am a conspiracy theorist. So yeah. I, I like a Me good too. conspiracy theory. I like that, you know, maybe he's been thinking about this the entire time. But so many things had to happen for this to actually happen. To me, I asked this question. I was asking my boys this, this exact question. What exactly does Antonio Brown want? Mm-hmm. Right? And this is before, before all of this went down. What does he want? Well, he wants guaranteed money. Okay, cool. Well, the Raiders gave him $30 million guaranteed. Yep. Now, the way that it kind of came out that it's structured, you, you could find him a couple times and the guarantees go away. I'll tell you this. They gave him everything he wanted. You had a coach that said, now listen, he's going through the helmet stuff. He's going through the feet stuff. The head coach comes out and says, hey, man, I support him. Yep. I, I, I want him here. I, I support him. I, you know, I'll do anything for him. And, that's power in the NFL. When you're a player and you have the coach in your back pocket. You're good. Usually only quarterbacks have that. That's right. You're good. Normally, if you have the coach in your back pocket, you're good. Then Mike Mayock had a dog on press conference. Mm. And Mike Mayock, and, and I give him some credit because, listen, he Antonio Brown still is a, one of the most talented receivers in the NFL, no doubt about it. Big-time talent. And you don't come across that talent around the NFL yeah. all the time. Mike Mayock, in his first year being GM, is like, hold up, time out. We're trying to build a character. We're trying to build a culture. We're trying to build a winning environment. We can't have that. And I'm sure he had to go into John Gruden's office and say, if, you, if, you, if, you are, if you're serious about winning, you can't have that. And then John Gruden responds, and if you're serious about winning, I need Antonio Brown. That's right. Because Hunter Renfro can't be my number two option. Oh, and by the way, you're only here because I hired you. So just so you know, don't, don't forget that part. And, and so I understand what Mayock did. Because he makes had sense. To. Makes sense. From the Patriots' perspective, I will be honest, I fucking hate this. I hate this because I like when Belichick has to game plan against the best. Yeah. This feels as though it was kind of forced. And what I saw out of the Patriots last night with Jacoby Meyer mm-hmm. and Josh Gordon looked amazing. Where did that and come from? Edelman and Sony Michelle and yeah. James White and Rex Burkett and Philip Dorsett. And at first I went, man, this sucks. I already picked the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I picked them to lose to the Eagles. Eh. I picked them to lose to the Eagles. But I look at them and I go, this is like worse than the Warriors. Because Steve Kerr is not what Bill Belichick is to football. Like, right. Like Bill Belichick will win you six games you're not supposed to because he's the greatest coach of all time. But what I thought of after watching last night, we might need Antonio Brown 
to be the only reason this team doesn't make it. Mess the whole team up. And and a lot of people they love to say you go there and you bend to their will and you're not gonna. And I completely agree. If Antonio Brown goes there and he's tweeting and Facebook living after a week or two and they kick him out, Patriots are gonna adjust. And what we saw on Sunday night, it's all good. Right. But if Antonio Brown's there for ten weeks. Or eleven weeks, mm-hmm. and they start getting used to him, mm-hmm. and they start building the offense around him, and then he implodes because he really wants to do a Christmas Day Facebook Live, or he really wants to put out cartoons on his Instagram, or he wants to record Bill Belichick calling him. Yeah, please record Bill Belichick calling you. That might be the only chance <laughs> the rest of the NFL has. Mess it up. Well, here's the thing, I and I, I said this. When Gruden brought him in, I said, well, he, Gruden has had to have a conversation with him that said, hey, man, I need you to be a leader. And actually he did because Antonio Brown, and I think you put this this dog on a, a video out. Probably. Antonio Brown saying, hey, I'm going to be a leader in the locker room. I'm going to hold oh, guys yes. accountable. I went back and I found his original press conference. I'm going to do all these good things. He said, I'm going to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. If you're late, we're going to fine you. And Derek Carr's <laughs> going to walk in here and go, wow, this wide receiver. Right. He, he literally did the opposite of everything he said he was All the do. things that he said he was going to do to the other guys, he did those things and he got himself out of there. So, I, I mean, if you do any of those things and, and this actually kind of caught me off guard too when he put out the little the little it wasn't a video but the the, the picture of business booming yes. new england booming whatever it is that kind of surprised me a little bit too because I, in my mind bill belichick said hey man before you come here here's the deal this is the law none of those video crap none right. of this no disrupting the team tom brady probably said his little piece and Antonio Brown said, okay, that's what I'll do. Then the whole little picture comes out. So that surprised me that that even came out from someone in New England. This is the part that I, I you, you have to, I got to ask you about. Is Antonio Brown crazy? Is he crazy or is this an act? Because if this is an act, you turn an act on and off. When he left Pittsburgh to Oakland, my take was incredible marketing by him and it's an act. The part that's making me think that it's an act is the fact that he talked to social media experts to figure out how to get out of Oakland. When he sent that video reaction of him flapping his wings and saying, I'm free, I'm free, I thought it's an act. But I believe, to answer your question from earlier, what does Antonio Brown want? I think Antonio Brown has always craved control. He was on the cover of Madden, like Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. and Tom Brady, and he wants to have the control of them. He was always second fiddle in Pittsburgh. The quote that I think sent him over the hill in Pittsburgh was when the GM said, we have Big Big Ben and And 52 other kids. Right, right. And he was like, I'm not one of them. I am Antonio Brown. And then he went to Oakland, and Mike Mayock said, this is my team. I think Antonio Brown wants control. Now, the question is, is he also, and the control is in this mind, in my mind, is control of where he gets to play, and that's New England. But to play in New England, you need to cede all of your control. You have no control. Right. There is no freelancing. It is three steps and a slant. It is not six steps because you thought you had him deep. So um, I don't know how it's going to go. What's well, your? Well, you, well if, if he wants to control, why is he saying on the video with John Gruden, I've always, I've shown you, I, I've shown you, I've always wanted to be here. I've always wanted to be a Raider. What pe- that's what people he just want. He just wanted to say that? Yeah. Really? You think yeah. so? 
I don't if I, I think that Antonio Brown wants he needs a coach to give him control. Never got it from Tomlin, which I thought he would right. in Pittsburgh. Right. He definitely didn't get it from Gruden. And when Gruden didn't give it to him and Mayock tried, he bucked the system. Now he's going to a situation where he will be controlled. It will have to work inside this box. We'll let you go on the edges of the box. We'll let you draw a little bit outside the lines. But however, you need to stay mostly in the doggone lines. I believe that. I think that Antonio Brown likely was a double agent. No way. Always trying to get to the Patriots. But my hope is, Westbrook, he's secretly a triple agent. And and that he's going to the Patriots. To burn it down. To burn it down. That's my hope. If if that and, happens, and Ingber's in the back right now, and he's a Patriots fan. So the Patriots fans <laughs> out there, you should take all of this as compliments because we all sit here, yeah. the thirty-one other fan bases Jealous. in the NFL, Jealous. looking at you going, New England Patriots. You are far and away the Super Bowl favorites right now. If we were to end the season, and, or you put a gun to my head, I'm picking the Patriots to save my life. Mm-hmm. But the only hope we have is that Triple X, Antonio Brown, Vin Diesel goes inside those walls and, and it burns up. it all. Well, here, here's the other thing. This but it's is probably what we, this not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think this is going to happen. I'll tell you why I don't. Because Bill Belichick says, uh, well, one thing and you're out of here. Oh, you did something wrong or you put out a message. You take me when I'm talking to you. Yeah. You took my conversation outside these walls and you're gone. I, re- I, I remember this day. Like it was yesterday. My first, my first year in Philadelphia, okay. Andy Reid walks in, and Andy was notorious. He would always talk to the guys. All, I mean, he, Andy Reid's a great guy. would talk to us all the right. time. As soon as he went to his press conference, he barely said anything. It's my fault. It's, 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 it's time's me, yours. Time's yours. All those types of things. Barely said anything. But he came into the team meeting. He was like, listen, the media is not your friend. They're not your friend, and they can't help us win. Mm. And – if you think they can help us win, you can walk out the door right now. These guys in the room, look to your left and your right. These guys can help us win. To yeah. me, that's Bill Belichick. Hey, listen, do it the right way. The media can't help you win. I don't need all the nonsense. I don't need the noise. Apparently, Bill Belichick even sits down his team and goes, here are the que-. like They'll read all the press clippings uh-huh. and say, here are the questions you're going to get, and here's how to answer them. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Well, we're going to find out. Well, you, you wouldn't do that if you had a oh, team. Oh, of course I would. To me, that's a brilliant way to go about it because what the last thing you want to want to do. The question is, is A.B. going to listen? And that's the question. He Facebook lived inside the Pittsburgh Steelers right. locker room. He didn't respect the coach, obviously. So we're going to see. He respects Bill Belichick. He has to respect I, Bill Belichick. If you're going to tell me that you can guarantee anything about Antonio Brown's actions, no. then I'm going to say you're crazier than A.B. Oh, I'm, I am not crazy. <laughs> uh, but I, I look at that team last night, and I go, the Patriots look like the best team in the NFL. Uh, by the way, and to remind everybody, they have, according to Vegas, the easiest schedule in the NFL. Again. And if you watch the Dolphins, holy crap. Yeah. If you watch the Jets, their offense do nothing. And then you watch the Bills look like nothing for three quarters. Unbelievable. Were there who I have a list of guys, teams that after watching Sunday, I believe are still the Super Bowl contenders. How many do you have? Tell me how many you have, and I'll tell you if I, I agree with this One, list already. One, two, three, four, five. I have, other than uh, including the Patriots, I have six. I have five and a maybe. Okay. And we're not gonna we're not gonna like the maybe. Okay. So we both have New England. Yes. Baltimore. Mm, Baltimore's not on my list. They're not on your fucking list. No. 
No. All right, we're going to talk about them soon. I don't. You're a psycho. What are you? What are you talking about? How do you put Baltimore in your list? We'll, we'll talk. I about had that. them winning the. I had them winning the, the top seed in the AFC. And they're a Super Bowl contender, really. We'll get you, to that in a second. Dallas, your list is a shame. Dallas is on the list. Yes. Okay, good. Kansas City. Yes. Uh, Philadelphia. That's my maybe. Philly's my maybe. Okay, we'll get to that. Minnesota. Yes. Okay, that's my six. And then I don't have Rams or Panthers. I replace Baltimore with the Rams. Okay. I think they get better as the season goes on. Let, let's talk Rams really quick. That Rams-Panthers game, mm-hmm. uh, the the fear that I had going in, I obviously told everyone that I love the Panthers to win this game. Yep. Uh, and then the Panthers go out there and DJ Moore has two fumbles and uh, Cam Newton looks awful. He had a QBR of 17.1. Yeah. He missed Curtis Samuel in a wide he open wheel route. He looked like the old throwing motion again. That, that's he, what he looked like. He didn't. I think his longest pass was 17 yards. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey went off had 61% of their total yards. But my issue with the Rams was Goff goes 186, one touchdown, one pick QBR of 20. His average completion was 3.4 yards past the line of scrimmage. Last year it was seven. So I look at Goff. I told you guys, he has now 11 touchdowns to 12 interceptions when he's playing on the road. When he's under pressure, he's not the same guy. I know that they were saving Gurley, and Gurley really went off in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But I, I And Weddle kind of got banged up, but Jared Goff scares me from this team getting back. And they, they're a maybe. Let me take that back. The Rams and Panthers are both maybes for me, but they, I didn't have them in my big six. I'll, I'll start with the Panthers. And, and, and listen, I know Cam doesn't want to run. Yeah, he and, and I remember, just like it was yesterday, when Donovan decided he didn't want to run yep. anymore either. He wanted to be the pocket passer. And to me, you take away a big part of your game mm. when your big, solid quarterback doesn't want to run. Cam had negative two yards yesterday. To me, Cam takes that offense on a different level yes. with the possibility to your run. Think about this. The one of the first touchdowns of the game for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Direct snap to Christian McCaffrey, faked the handoff to Cam, right. and it froze the defense. That's right. Because that's the threat that Cam can be. They expect him to touch the ball yeah. right around the goal line, right, right in the red zone. So Cam not running, that kind of scares me. There were some times where Cam looked like the old Cam, missing re- wide open receivers. Wide open. Not the timing wasn't there. Looked like his old his his mechanics went back to the old ones. But let's talk about the Rams. And I think Jared Goff has to figure it out. And this is what happened last year towards the latter part of the season. Defense played him totally different. They said, can you dink and dunk? Yep. Can you complete the crossers and not the deep shot? Can you be disciplined enough to take those smaller gains and work your way down the field? Sean McVay has to figure it out. If we all believe that he's this genius right. that we've all said that he is, he has to figure out how to get his quarterback to say, okay, we can win this way. Right. Like, the, the, you're talking about the group of receivers they have. Yes. Three very good receivers. Two very good running backs, and a quarterback has to figure out. I think Gerald Everett's a pretty good tight end, too. No doubt about it. Sean McVay came out in the second half yesterday with a few wrinkles, some wide receiver pulling in jet sweeps that were very creative. But in the end, when it's third and six, you need a quarterback to make a play. Um, Kansas City, Mahomes looked unbelievable again. Uh, That's a good Jacksonville defense. It is. The Tyree Kill injury, I think, is big. Apparently, he might go on IR designated to return, so he might be out six, seven weeks. But I look at Kansas City and Sammy Watkins, and I go, I don't think they're going to miss that much of a beat. Like, losing Tyree Kill is big. But 
I think they were prepared to not have Tyreek Hill right. when they drafted Mecole Hardman. That's right. That's right. And so I look at those two and Kelsey and Williams and Shady. Mm-hmm. They have enough weapons, I think, to withstand losing Tyreek for a few well, weeks. Well, here's a question. And everybody is saying Patrick Mahomes, obviously MVP last year. If you're the MVP, you can elevate. You can get over one injury. Yes. If you're that guy. And I think he is that guy. He's I think unreal. that when you bring in Shady and you still have Williams there, that you have a running attack. Obviously, Kelsey is going to do his thing. There's no doubt about that yes. as long as he can stay healthy. The big question still in Kansas City is how good can this defense be? I mean, you, you, if you got to win, this defense is going to have to play. I, I, offensively, I'm not concerned. I think Andy Reid is one of the better play designers. He doesn't get credit. These young guys are getting McVay oh, and, and Not Shanahan. only is Andy Reid one of the play designers by people that know the game, statistically, now for the last two years, the Chiefs are the best passing offense at avoiding tight windows, no doubt. which means Andy Reid creates space Scheming that guys you don't open. have to throw it in. That's right. Sammy Watkins' touchdown yesterday – Wide open. Mm -hmm. Kelsey on the crossing patterns. Wide open. open. Andy Reid's ability with time to scheme it up is unbelievable. It's just can you get over the time management issues? Some of those things, and and this is the fear with losing Tyreek Hill. Some of those he things. He opens it up for you. It's people. a different yes. game. It's yes. a, we saw it in Philly and Deshaun Jackson. But you have to be afraid of Cole and Sammy Watkins' speed, too. No question. So and, that's and, why it's so important to get hardened. But those guys were open because of Tariq Hill Definitely. and things like that. So, yeah, Definitely. I mean, defenses have to respect that. Andy Reid does a great job of making sure that you find holes. He One of the things he always describes is spacing. We have to space a defense out. We want a guy in front of the defender, a yep. guy behind him. If he steps up and takes the guy in front of him, we throw right behind him. We replace him. Yes. If he goes back, we throw in front of him. It's pretty simple. It makes it much easier on the quarterback. All right, we're going to the one that we got the argument. We'll get back to the Eagles. Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. How could you watch any of that and not go, this is a Super Bowl quality team? Do you still doubt Lamar Jackson after no. he goes 17 to 20 for 324, five touchdowns, yeah. and perfect QB rating? You still doubt him? I love that he completed his first 10 passes because that shows improvement right, right away. And the biggest jump, usually from your rookie year to your second year, we see a kid that has improved. He was reluctant to run if he did run at all. They had a couple designs runs in there, yeah. six yards rushing, which is to me perfect. Only three rushes. That's Amazing. perfect for him. The question for me is. Doesn't have to do with Lamar Jackson. Doesn't have to do with Mark Ingram, who went over 100 yards. Doesn't have to do with any of those receivers. It's all about their competition. I mean, listen, they play the Dolphins. We can't, we can't judge Lamar Jackson against the Dolphins. I mean, here's the thing. I could have threw some of those passes. I'm talking about guys are running scot-free down the middle of the field. The Dolphins absolutely quit before the dog going uh, coin flip so football, So football outsiders... They've actually proven over time that blowout wins are a better indicator of quality teams than close wins over good teams because it's so rare to blow out teams. Now, I'll say this. Yeah. If we were going to find one issue with the Dolphins, it was going to be their run defense. Their defensive line, they're switching from a 4-3 mm-hmm. to 3-4. Their linebackers are soft. But everyone told me that the Dolphins' secondary was actually pretty good, that it was Minka Fitzpatrick and and Xavier Howard's yeah. one of the best top five corner in the NFL, and they went out there and destroyed it. And my thing is, is when I look at the the Ravens, 42 points in the first half, most in week one in NFL history, the biggest difference is 
I hated watching the Ravens for the last three years. If you asked me one team, hey, man, we got five TVs and six games, which one do we leave off? I'm picking the Ravens Mm -hmm. because they were the king of dominating a team for three quarters. Flacco's put up 16 points with three Justin Tucker field goals, and they're not winning them. And the issue was I felt they kept building teams to get first downs. Mm -hmm. Michael Crabtree. Yeah. Big, big receivers, big no, tight no ends. Big plays down no the big field. plays. No. I look around now. Hollywood Brown Speed. could be gone. Speed. Willie Sneed could be gone. Mm-hmm. Hill, Justice Hill, the running back. Yep. Boykin, the kid out of Boykin's the kid out of Notre Dame. Mark Andrews. He might be the fastest tight end in the NFL. Speed. They have built a team with speed. And the reason that I need you to get on the Ravens as a team right now is of any team in the NFL, which we talked about Antonio Brown earlier, Yeah, the only team that I believe has the secondary to maybe match up with the Patriots is the Ravens. Brandon Carr, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Cyrus Jones, Earl Thomas is a baller, they Tony Jefferson. They got some dogs in the secondary. They have, in my mind, the second-best secondary in the NFL behind the Patriots. And so I look at the Ravens and and – I look at what they put on tape yesterday, and we, we talked on the phone yesterday about mm-hmm. this. When when you see an offense in the Ravens' offense, Ingram got his big runs, but only six yards from Lamar Jackson, right. and all deep passes. Yep. How do you game plan for them right now? Well, because they're they want to run the ball. This is a classic, and I'm talking about classic overreaction by you. Classic overreaction. But you see, the, you see, fifty nine points. You see this. You see that. They got a brand new offensive coordinator. Greg Roman comes in. They don't know. The the, the, the Dolphins have no clue what they're going to run. So unscouted looks. Well, we're going to see the looks. Ravens play the Cardinals this week. So. That's a good challenge, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, that's a great challenge. No, listen. This this is what we know about the Dolphins. They were they were complaining all week long. You trade Tunsil, get some yeah. picks, and so everyone's complaining. Distraction, noise. Sure, they're looking for a reason to give up. You're talking about players want to quit. They want to get traded to different teams. They're looking for reasons. They don't have any scouting on a kid that last year ran the ball 25 times a game, and this year Lamar Jackson comes out throwing the football. It's a different look for them. I'm trying to tell you, calm down, pump your brakes just a little bit on the Ravens. I listen. I like. I love their defense, and I think their improvement for Lamar Jackson is incredible. Yes. I'm, I, I can't go to the Super Bowl. Yet. So I will I, I will say this to quell, to quell my own stuff. To, last year, the Ravens beat the Bills by 44 in week one. Mm-hmm. They lost to the the Bengals the next week. Yeah. A.J. Green went off. Uh, two years ago, they beat the Browns and Bengals 44 to 10 in those first two games combined. Mm-hmm. Week three, they go to London, lose to the Jaguars 44 to 7. Yeah. I get it. The difference is, is I the Baltimore Ravens those years came out of nowhere. I've been all over the Ravens for a while. Um, the one thing I will say is, is week three they play the Chiefs. We're going to learn a lot it's about a the test. Ravens in that game. Well, there's a there, here's the other thought process. It's easy. It's convenient. It's, it's it's much easier for a quarterback, a team, to go at another team and they're just retreating. This Dolphins team, they, had, they didn't have a chance from the beginning. Yes. When you have somebody else coming back at you, now you see the real we'll truth about out. the football team. I want to make a bet with you about the Ravens, bet. but I want to think about it, and when I get back on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll... yeah, hurry up. I mean, think about it quickly. <laughs> because to me, you're I'm making all a over the Ravens. classic overreaction for the first week. Don't overreact on the first week oh, of football. I'm going to beat this shit Classic. This bet. Classic overreaction. Uh, speaking of the team they beat, imagine you're a Miami Dolphin, mm. okay? They trade Laramie Tunsil. It, it's official. You know that your team is going in the tank. 
and you're sitting there in a sport where you have two and a half years average, and you know that one of your years is being wasted. Where's where? What point am I at my career? Am I I'm a rookie? Just or I'm a ten year vet because that makes a big difference. Let's say you're a three year vet. Okay, right in okay. the middle. All right, you find out that agents are getting called by your teammates. Yeah. I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then you sit down on Monday morning and you go, you know what? I'm going to do what my coach said. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to focus. I'm going to put on this game film of my next opponent, mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it behind me. Mm -hmm. And you turn on the game film, and it's the fucking Patriots from Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, that sucks. That's, Holy crap. Well, this is what— The line is 15. It might as well be 40. Yeah. It's bad down there. This is a, I mean, what would that be like for you? Well, this is what it would be like. We would have a team meeting, and, and here's the reason why. Listen, we got we got 15 more games left, and we can't we can't lose by 49 every dog one game. It looks like we could, but we can't do that. Yes. as a team, right? We need to have a team meeting. Nobody's going anywhere. It's just so you know, we know you're not getting traded. You're not getting released. You're not pulling the AB. You're going to have to be here. So you better make the most of it, right? And if the Patriots are the next, our idea, our thought process has to be: let's go, let's go be the shock underdogs, the shock the world. That has to be. The, that's the only thing you can do. Yeah, just got to be by forty nine by, by, by a running quarterback. But in the back of your head. Yeah, you well, really yeah, think? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying we're tanking. That's what we're doing. Of course, <laughs> of course, you have to think that. But again, we're not. At, this usually happens at the end of the season when it, you know it's over. When it's the playoffs over, are gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the when you have 15 eight. weeks left. Left, and you and you have a brand new coach. If I'm if, if I'm Flores, I'm saying I'm coming to my team like, listen, I know you, I know some of you guys called front office. I know you talk to your agents, and I, I don't really give a damn. What all all I want from you guys is hard work. I want you guys to be disciplined, and I'll figure it out as a head coach. That's what I want. All, all, give me everything you have every single day, and I'll figure it out. You don't got to worry about a dog. Yeah, right. I know. Which is a hard sell Especially after you get beat like down by 49. Especially with social media, too. Everybody talking shit about you all the yeah. time. And the thing, too, about the Dolphins is I circled before the year Week two, Patriots at Dolphins yeah. as a great time to bet against the Dolphins. Well, I mean, you bet against the Patriots. The Patriots always get get trouble, but the Dolphins always, always fuck up down there in Miami. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be hot again. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is in my right mind, how the hell do you put anything on this Dolphins team? It, it just feels like a losing bet. But everything in my gambling mind, yeah, says. Circle it up. Well, he, here's a question. The and you know what? You know what else it has? It's Belichick facing a former assistant, and that's not. Good. He lost. No, it's great. It's it's great for the Dolphins. No, it's not good for Belichick. He lost. Yeah. He lost to Vrabel and the Titans. He yep. lost to Patricia and the Lions. Yep. It's like a gift he gives. Like, oh, Patricia. This is what happened last year. Let me help Holy you out. Shit. The Patriots. I took my headphones off. The Patriots. Like, the Lions get shellacked by the Jets in Week mm -hmm. One. Come back and beat the Patriots at home in Week Two. You have okay, to. but Dan, I might go Dolphins. I might do it. I might put money on it. What, what do you think the, the spread is going to be? Twelve? It's fifteen right now. Goodness gracious! I mean, I, I, mm. I mean, if I was Vegas in, in Miami, is it in Miami? It's in Miami. Yeah, I, I, I'm just telling you, the the Dolphins always give them fits. Brand new coach, big time question marks with with the quarterback situation. Yes. I, I mean, I, I think there's question marks across that across the board. There. So, um, I actually just found out that. These players have been reaching out to their agents. Mm -hmm. um, our esteemed producer, David, came across a voicemail. He has sources. David's becoming an NFL insider yeah. of what one of the voicemails were Let's hear from it. an unnamed Dolphins player <laughs> to an agent. So we don't know which Dolphins player it is, okay. but it is. So let's take a listen and, and see how bad it really is in Miami. 
Hey, Ryan. <sighs> Today was a rough one. We lost our football game by like 200 points. I kind of stopped counting midway through the second quarter. And let me tell you something. It was not fun. And it's weird because, like, back in college, blowouts were awesome. UCLA would beat the ever-loving crap out of mm. UNLV, and we'd have a big party on campus, uh-huh. and it was awesome. But yesterday, it was different. It was it was not fun. And I don't really know what the difference is, but I kind of don't want that feeling again. So, yeah, this is all just a long way of me saying I want out. I'm happy to go be a backup for Aaron Rodgers or Patrick oh. Mahomes or Russell Wilson, but I'm also totally down to convert to wide receiver and win a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots. <laughs> <sighs> Sincerely, anonymous young Dolphins quarterback, definitely not Josh Rosen. Oh. All right, have a good uh, one. Must, I don't know who that was. I can't tell who it was. It sounds like JR. I'll, I'll just say JR. It sounds like, it sounds like Josh yeah, Rosen. Yeah, it sounds like JR. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying any names. Think about this. Josh Rosen was the seventh pick in the draft. Yeah. The Cardinals traded up to get him. He goes to a franchise where not only do they not feel confident to build around him, mm-hmm. they fire his head coach after a season, draft a quarterback instead, and then trade him to this team. Yeah. He's sitting there on the sideline on a team that is now tanking, completely giving away all of their chances to win, and playing behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's everybody's best friend. And he looks across the field at Lamar Jackson, who went 32nd in the same draft, draft. and to a Baltimore Ravens team that said, you know what, we're going to get rid of our Flacco, our quarterback Joe Flacco, who won us a Super Bowl, and we're going to change the identity of our entire team to build around you. We're going to get new weapons. We're going to uh, enforce our offensive line. We're going to bring in an offensive coordinator that has experiences with Tyrod Taylor and Colin Kaepernick Mm -hmm. and build the offense around you. And Josh Rosen has to be sitting over there going, how the fuck did I get dealt these cards? I mean, he's looking over at a team that built around a quarterback and he's on his second team that's looking at him going, not only do we not think you're the guy. We're gonna we're gonna roll the dice and hope that we get the chance to draft a guy that might not be the guy either. That's the part that makes Wild. no sense. Why would you trade for him if, if if you already know that you're gonna draft somebody else later on? I think you. I understood it because you go. Maybe we bring him in here. And that Arizona offensive line was so bad. Right. Let's see him in training camp. It's probably part of the reason why Antonio Brown wanted out of Oakland. He saw Derek Carr throwing passes and went, "This ain't the fucking guy." Yeah. I bet you the Dolphins they brought in Josh Rosen. They went. Because the true thing is, is if it's a battle between Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick, he ain't the quarterback of the future. If your quarterback never is having a battle, a battle right. with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right. he's not the guy. Yeah, that, I mean, it's it's. Listen, when you look at this team, I mean, you have to wonder what's going on down there. And it, listen, you give up your, your best tank. left tackle, and you don't tank. I mean, listen, if, if you're a head coach, if you're Flores, do you say we're tanking? You can't say that. You can't no. even say that in football at all. Let, you man, can't we, even say that in sports, man, we both period. We both know Philly. Brett Brown was rewarded for two or three years That's with right. the Sixers That's right. for going out there and teams would go, I'll tell you what, that team, they don't got any talent. They, they fought, play fucking they hard. They fought hard. And, and that's Brian Flores. The problem is, is as a player, how can you continue to be told, just do this, and then you see no rewards? I'll tell you this. I'm in San Francisco my last season in the NFL. And we had a talented team. Two years later, they're in the doggone Super Bowl, by the way, um, with, with, with Harbaugh. Similar team. And every week, we were 0-6. <laughs> we, we were bad. Singletary. This was when you were on the, the Niners. The Niners, yeah. I forgot that you were Singletary on. comes in every week and says, listen, guys, you don't understand. We're this close. <laughs> we're this close. 
and I'm in my mind, like I'm not playing a bunch. Frank is taking all the carries. And I'm mind, I'm sitting there like, nope, no, we're not. We're not. We're not this close. Because we're, we're we're this far away from. Because you've been on. Teams I've been on good teams. Close. No discipline. It, it was just all bad, right? And so, the coach is going to have to come in and lie to these guys. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He can't come in and sugarcoat this. No. You, you can't come in. The only way you could come in and say is, that, hey, we looked terrible yesterday. We're not even going to watch the film. You don't, watch, you don't watch this film because it's all bad. I have nothing good to say about you guys on this film. Do you, you don't realize watch the film? that you've extended a tradition on this podcast? What's that? Which is players coming on and revealing that Mike Singletary was the worst head coach in the history of football. This is not your words. This is mine. Yeah. But I'm going to say that I've had four people. Really? Tell stories about Mike Singletary and being like Johnny Football, and the rest of the team looking at him going, "This isn't working." Right. I love. So amazing. I'll tell you this. He's a great guy. Great guy. Great guy. He he gives the best motivational speeches. I just think that it wasn't his right time to be a coach. He wasn't ready quite yet. Sean Payton's the kind of guy that has gotten the perfected down of the the motivation. Mm -hmm. Pulls the fire alarm. You know what I mean? And says, we got to be ready for anything. Brings out money and goes, this is why we need to win because we need to get $100,000. A coach for a little bit is a little bit like a substitute teacher. You got a class that is really trying to get focused on other shit, right. and you need to find creative ways to get them back there. And Bill Belichick will shit on Brady, and everyone hears about it, and that gets everybody focused. Yep. But if you go there every week and go, we got to tough it out. We need to focus on our assignments. It don't work that way. But if you go there and go, we're going to, if the Dolphins, we're going to end Brady. We're going to get six sacks on Brady. And maybe you get that one statistical category. And maybe you get the confidence, but you need to find those little wins. Well, this is what he says then. In that, in that same vein, I know how to beat this team. And I'm going to tell you how. Oh, they We're gonna, better fucking win. Well, yeah, they, they're not going to win. Just, we, That's why Belichick's going to give them the win. This is what you say. I know how to beat this team. You attack Tom Brady. And, and every single play, we're going to blitz him. We're going to play you know, man-to-man on the backside. We're going to blitz him, make him move the pocket, and see if he can beat us. Yeah, I know. That's what you say. All right, so you were at the Eagles-Washington game on Sunday. Yeah. And you're yeah. sitting there with a bunch of former players, too. That's right. And they go down 17 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous? No, I, okay. I was, I, I, was I, I, no, 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 no. Listen to me. I was nervous. And, and here's why. No preseason for Carson. Yep. You're saying all the old guys, all the guys that play with me, David Akers and Ike Reese and Freddie Mitchell, all the old guys, including myself, we're all saying, see, Andy knows how the way to do it. You know, the old school way to do it. You know, you go, you hit someone in the mouth all preseason. Right. Then you get ready for the first game and you're ready. Right? Oh, so you guys were shitting on Duck. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what <laughs> and we, that's what the old guys do with the game. Yeah, My coach is better than you. Yeah, we used okay. to do it this way, and you yeah. do it. That's what old guys do. And so we're saying, listen, this looks bad because Washington wasn't stopping. I mean, guys are running scot free down the middle of the field. Scary it wasn't Terry. Our, our, our defense, <laughs> scary Terry, it came out of nowhere. So the defense looks terrible. Offensively, you couldn't do anything. Carson just wasn't on his game. We couldn't yeah. run the ball. We weren't moving things. And this is a team, listen, the point spread was 10 and a half. We were supposed to blowing this team out. The Eagles have traditionally started slow. First always, quarter. Had, had looked terrible in the first quarter. But finally, they turned it around just a bit. And it, it looked good towards the end. But, hey, hey, am I happy? This is why I have the Eagles as a question mark for the Super Bowl. Yeah, let's hear because I have them as not a question mark. Really, I have you, them you have them solidly in the contender. Well, here's the reason why. I, I, 
you need great quarterback play. I think Carson looked good. That second half, he did some things, flipping the hits, get, getting outside the pocket, rolling to the right, rolling to the left, squaring up, throwing the ball down the field. He made one throw to Deshaun Jackson. The ball's on the left hash. Deshaun is on the right side of the field. He runs a 12-yard out. Yep. Probably the longest throw you could throw in football, beside a bomb, a yep. Hail Mary, whatever. Because he and, threw two of those, too. And it was a strike. I mean, talking about he threw the ball. Oh, it was a beauty. Arm talent. What was it like to watch your guy, Deshaun Jackson, come back to Philly and put oh, up man. 150, two touchdowns, yeah. and two bombs that were not just like good bombs. They were necessary. What was that like for you as a former team? Well, it's crazy because you always think about yourself in that position. And I'm saying, well, if I was in that position, I don't know how I would feel coming back to Philly yeah. after being kicked out, basically. By Chip and Kelly. By Chip Kelly. Fake-ass gang yeah. ties. Gang ties, supposedly. And now you're playing your old team that you got kicked out to, right? right? And now I want to go out and show up against my old team. But I really want to remind the people in Philly yes. what I'm all about. And, and there were two other balls he could have completed to Deshaun Jackson down the middle of the field. Right. D-Jack. Still at 32 is the fastest guy on the field. Oh. I mean, he's streaking past Josh Norman, right past Josh he's Norman. He's in slow motion. I mean, he can't move. If it, they, the old adage, if you're even, you're beat because yeah. he's gone. Yeah, and he's that I believe good. It's if you're even, you're leaving. Is that is that what it is? If you're even, leaving something like yeah. that. Whatever you know, you know what it is. But it, the point is, you know, that, you know the old saying, knock knock, who's at my door? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Sorry. If you're if you're even, you're leaving. Yeah, whatever, whatever the saying is. <laughs> you know what I mean. It, but it was good to see D Jack back. It was good to see. The presence that he had in the offense. but Talk about putting something on tape. Putting something on tape. Here's three three teams. We saw it in the first game of the season, Green Bay. The game didn't open up. Green Bay looked terrible yep. until the deep ball. Until Martel, until yeah. Valdez. Yeah, yeah, and Martez Valdez. Yeah, so, so he hits the ball deep. Then it opens up everything. Yes. Because the defenses have to be aware. Then you can hit the underneath stuff. We yep. talked about it with Tyreek Hill. Same thing with uh, the Sean Ravens. Jack. Yeah. Same thing. Go deep. I'm going to throw it as far as I can. Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown down the middle of the field. Same thing with with, with uh, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Jackson. I just, you put that on tape, it, it, two, it's two just hard to Two years ago, Torrey Smith, when they won the Super Bowl, Torrey Smith had about maybe a dozen of those catches. Yes. And they came into last year and said, our replacement for Torrey Smith is Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. And people like me were going, Mike Wallace has not played like four games in a year, like ever. Well, the he question is, can hurt. Mike Wallace catch? That was always that my was question. That was the other question. Can he catch? Now you get Deshaun Jackson. Now, the next few weeks, teams are going to drop back and they're going to go, got to be worried about Deshaun. They're looking for Deshaun. Yeah. And now it's Ertz. We can't afford to get beat by DJ. Now it's Alshon. It opens it up. But what I saw out of Carson, when he was the MVP before he got hurt that year and got robbed, Mm -hmm. he had one of the greatest statistical seasons as a quarterback on third down. He was converting third and long at a historic rate. Right. You know, he did on third long, a third down yesterday, 12 of 13, 197 yards, three touchdowns and a 158.3, AKA a perfect quarterback rating. Carson Wentz on third down has been the key to his success and the Eagles. And for him to do that yesterday, with their back against the wall, down 17 nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's why, for me, they're not a question mark. But the reason I am scared is, looks like Malik Jackson might be going on IR. Yep, that, that hurts your D-line. I have a lot of fears about this team. 
if Case Keenum hits Terry McLaurin uh, mm-hmm. on that deep pass in the third quarter, yeah. we're in an absolute race. We had just scored. So it was 21-20 at that point. Yes. So we had scored 21 on answer yep. or something like that, or 21-3. to mm-hmm. If he competes, completes that. Different game. It's a different game. Different game. And I have a lot of concerns about this secondary because yep. I think that there are As a lot of should. sixes and not a lot of tens. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of concerns now about this pass rush. If Malik Jackson's out and Timmy Jernigan's in there, I love Timmy Jernigan. Yeah. But what I don't have a lot of faith in is Derek Barnett. I don't have a lot of faith in um, Josh Sweat. I don't have a lot of faith in all of these guys getting pressure. Because Case Keenum was not under pressure yesterday. Well, that was with Malik Jackson for That's most what of I'm the saying. game. That was with. I, I, my biggest concern about the Eagles has always been the defensive end position. You lose, you lose, you know, double digit sacks when you lose Michael Bennett and Chris Long. Yep, veteran leadership, which probably not. And Michael those Bennett, guys yeah. always came up in the clutch. Came up huge. Michael Bennett and Chris Long in the clutch was everything, and I didn't see it yesterday. Nope, you didn't see that. And then the cornerbacks. Yes, Rasul Douglas is getting. Blown by like as if he wasn't even seeing what was going on. And so that makes the the same way we're talking about on the offense. That makes Jim Swartz change his defense. Now, to me, I always wanted Jim Swartz to blitz more. Yesterday, they go cover zero. I showed you the clip. They go cover zero. That was nobody in the middle in the field. Yeah. Rasul Douglas gets beat straight down the field. These are going to be issues. We weren't playing Case Keenum and that wide receiving core. It could have been interesting. And they play the Falcons this week. And they're going to be hungry. And the Falcons will be hungry in their house. They Falcons will be hungry. did just lose their starting right tackle for yeah. about eight weeks mm-hmm. with a broken foot. Uh, Lindstrom, uh, your confidence meter that the Eagles will go to the Super Bowl. I want to do this every week. Yeah. One through ten. Right now. At right now. Right now. And I like to start in a reasonable mind because I'm not a, I don't overreact like you. You're an overreactionist. Is that a word? Overreactionist? It is now. Today it is. I'm starting at a five, and, and here's why. A slow start can be trouble against a team that can continue to score. The yeah. Redskins, could, if they could have continued to kick field goals, we're in trouble. Against teams that can continue to score, which I think the Minnesota Vikings can be, right. the Dallas Cowboys can be. There are some other teams that I think can, can continue to score. We talk about Seattle. They can continue to score, led by good quarterbacks. That's a trouble mark for yeah. the Eagles. I'm still worried about the defense. When they won the Super Bowl, they had edge pressure. Yes. And I'm concerned about that. And the cornerbacks that can play. I'm not sure that they had that. I am gonna put the I'm gonna put my confidence meter at a six point four. I look at the Eagles, I think they have all the pieces, uh-huh. but I look at a few of the other teams, Dallas, yeah, what Minnesota did, mm-hmm. and I look at the weaknesses of the Eagles. I'm at a 6.4. I'm going to tell you what can, what can raise it. Somebody about a 5. What can raise it is Carson Wentz coming out this game playing a full four quarters of good football. Quarterback play can take you over the edge either way. That, that can go up to an eight, 8.1, 8.2, just like that, with Carson Wentz playing four good quarters of I, football. I would say 90% of my rating is because of their offense. Miles Sanders showed me some spark yesterday. Mm-hmm. I like it. I Alshon and Deshaun is exactly what we hoped. Mm-hmm. Goddard and Ertz, solid. Yep. Offensive line was moving people. I was when they impressed by the offensive line. Jason Peters, I don't, I don't listen, I'm 30, I'm I'm 40 now. He's 37. I don't know how he's playing football. 
Because last year he looked like this was his last time walking, just walking and, and, and blocking at the same time. This year, yesterday, yeah. I was impressed by Jason Peters. But all of my fears for the Eagles are defensive right now. I believe that the worst coordinator is the defensive coordinator of the two. Mm-hmm. I have more faith in Peterson, Colin Place, than I do Jim Schwartz. I have a lot of fears about the defensive ends. Their linebackers are hurt. They'll get Gruget Hill back at a later time. And the secondary is a whole lot of average. It's... It's funny that you said that Jim Swartz is the worst defensive coordinator. I had a guy tell me yesterday that Jim Swartz, he has earned himself a head coaching job. Well, you need to get better for for, for the job that he's done idiot. with the average players that he had in the secondary. Okay. That's what he told me. And I would say that you can have average players in the secondary when you have Fletcher Cox, Michael Bennett, Chris Long, Timmy Jernigan, like all those guys getting after the quarterback. I think Jim Swartz is a good coach. Decent. I'm not. Say. I'm saying that he's a worse coordinator than Doug Peterson as an offensive coordinator. I'm well, not Doug, saying he's Doug bad. is one of the top five or six coordinators. And in that's the league what right I'm now. saying. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying that not, Jim Schwartz is yeah. bad. I'm just saying that he's worse. Okay, Dallas Cowboys because that's the team right now that yeah. you come away from that game and going, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Let me put some stuff into perspective. Dak's numbers: twenty-five of thirty-two, four hundred four, four touchdowns, one fifty-eight point three. The Cowboys scored touchdowns on five straight possessions yesterday. First time that's happened in Dallas in 19 years. Kellen Moore is the new OC. Last year, it was hilariously predictable that they would be running on either first and 10 or second and 10. Right. The Cowboys came out yesterday and 21 of their 33 plays on first or second down were passes. Mm-hmm. That would have matched the Chiefs' rating from last year. Yeah, yeah. The Cowboys, so they threw on about 60% of pa- on first and second down. Last year, they threw on just 51%, which was 11th worst. I look at what Kellen Moore has done and that offense, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, the Blake Jarwin and Jason Witten look serviceable. Yep. Zeke, this offense looked completely different. It looked like it was hitting a lot of different levels, concepts. But more importantly, Dak was accurate at every level. Good touch across the middle. Amazing touch deep. This offense looks for real. It did not look like a flash in the pan. A couple things that we saw from the offense. It's not predictable. That you was in motion pre-snap. Holy shit, motion in Dallas. Who would have ever thought? No, nobody would have thought about it. They're, they're using a lot of play action, which obviously they, they've oh. done that before, but it looks Not different to this now. Level. It looks yeah. totally different now. They, the play action before was, was guys crossing the field, yes. not guys in the middle of the field. Yesterday we saw guys in the middle of the field. Now this is what I saw from Dak. And, and you talk about a guy gambling, betting on himself. This is how you get – over 30 million bucks. Man, you play close the, to 40. Well, well, I'll tell you, you, you play the Giants, which is a whole <laughs> different story. That, that, that helps. But he, he owns po- the Giants. He looked poised in the pocket. He understood. It looks like the game. They always talk about the game slowing down. So you understand what the defense is doing before they actually do it. Yeah. I understand that, hey, this is a cover two. These guys are going to be here. These other guys are going to be here. I know where I need to get the ball in the middle of the field. I know that. It feels like the games has slowed down for Dak. He has great poise in the pocket. He showed great arm strength and accuracy. Yeah. If if you can get that type of play from Dak, and you get a little bit more, get a little bit more for twenty one. Yeah. Oh, let him come. It's, back. it's just it's just hard to it's hard to beat that. And you add to that, 
it, last year, I thought Michael Gallup was going to have a breakout year. We saw the speed in the preseason. Yeah. Him and Dak had a great connection in the preseason. During the season, it just didn't really materialize. It, it was hard because Amari wasn't there, and nope. Gallup wasn't ready to be a number one. No, yet. he wasn't ready. And, you know, you're, you're handing the ball off 25 times. Now, he's a threat. We talk about opening up the middle of the field. We talk about opening up things. This is exactly what you want. Amari Cooper will continue to come. Six catches, 106 yards. Easy day at the office for him. This offense looks the exact way that it should. We're talking about they have a great run game. If they wanted to go third and two run, they have the offensive line and the the personnel to do it. If they want to go third and ten and get a completion down the field, they have the right arm talent quarterback-wise, yes. to be able to do it. He's thinking the game. He understands it. And I think bringing in Kellen Moore, John Kitten as a quarterback coach, two guys that have played the position, yeah. they've made Dak think differently about the position. Quarterback, offensive coordinators that have played the position know how to design plays that the quarterback wants to That's throw. Right. That's right. And Dak, every play looked like it was right in Dak's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. This is what's scary if you're not a Cowboys fan. If you're a Cowboys fan, you got to be thrilled. Byron Jones was coming off of hip injury and didn't play the whole game. Nope. Demarcus Lawrence was coming off of shoulder surgery and didn't play the whole game. Amari Cooper was supposed to have a foot injury. Zach Martin has been battling a disc injury in his back and only had to play half the game. Zeke was in Cabo and was rusty, and Dak is in a new offense, and they just shellacked the Giants. If there was a time where you were supposed to get the Cowboys week, it was week one, and they looked better than they have in Dak's entire career. And I'm going to say this for Dak. Is there any better time to negotiate a contract yeah. where the dude that just got $110 million mm-hmm. had a QBR of 20 in Jared Goff, yeah. and you come out there with a p- perfect quarterback rating at 158.3, and he sits up there at the press conference and he goes, we'll get to my contract. That's right. And Jerry goes, it's imminent. Yeah. If your boss is going, hey, you know, Dak, we're going to get the deal done in the next few days. You're going... Well, I got all the leverage. That's right. No, no. Not, not only do I got all the leverage. No, no, no. Let me play a couple more games. Yeah. Let me keep showing you because that that was that was thirty. Because we play Washington next yeah. week. Oh. I'd like to do it again. Oh yeah. Guess what I play? Why? Oh, that's thirty four, thirty five. It just keeps going up. Yes. That's exactly what you want. And he bet on himself. And this is a perfect opportunity because Kellen Moore has been with him all offseason, season, right? Right. Dak Zeke hasn't been there. Zeke, so Kellen Moore is like, listen, let's go win the throw, the, win the game throwing the football. Yes. All quarterbacks. I, I remember when Doug was here, and he was there in Philadelphia with, with me when I was still yeah. He was an assistant. And all former quarterbacks, the only way that they understand how to win games and get out of trouble is throwing the football. Mm. That's great for Dak. Great for that. That's right in his wheelhouse. This is exactly how he gets his money carrying this football team. NFL media has made the switch, and it's typically newer, younger people that have realized. I mean, there is a website, and I love Evan Silva and Adam Levitan, called Establish the Run. Mm-hmm. It's called Establish the Run to make fun of people that believe that you need Running to establish ball. the run. Right. Because where the NFL now is, you establish the pass, and that opens up the run. Mm-hmm. We always joke, oh, if this team has 25 carries, they win 95% of the time. Well, then just start off with 25 carries. That's not the reason. Stats. Typically, the reason that you win with that many runs is because you're ahead, and then you run. Mm-hmm. We all believe that the Dallas Cowboys are going to run. You don't need to run in the beginning of the game to set up the play action. We already think you are. So use the play action to set up the run later. The one thing I will say about this team is 
Randall Cobb, I do not believe, is going to be like this every week. I went back and looked. He hasn't played 16 games in three years. Also, last year, week one, 37% of his yards for the season happened in week one. Two years ago, the most catches out of any game that year was in week one. Randall Cobb is like a week one legend. Remember his rookie year took a kick return for a touchdown. Randall Cobb always bumped. In week one, he has a lot of injuries that kind of like lower it over the year. Well, this is what I think about Randall Cobb, and this is why I think he has a little bit higher ceiling than what you're thinking. Sure. This offense, you're still going to run a ball a bunch in this offense. They didn't do that in Green Bay. So right. he, he, was, he was running he way could be, more He could routes. be the third down monster. And he's a third guy here. Gallup. Yes. Not Cooper, one or two. Yeah. They're going to get the ball. He only needs four or five catches per game. Get yourself 40 to 80 yards per game. I think he can do that. I just want to say one more thing because Dak is probably going to get a contract when this podcast comes That's out. That's right. He should, like he should call us and thank us. 130 million. Oh, my goodness. No, I want to have a talk with Jerry Jones. Yeah. Because Jerry Jones tried to be the master negotiator. Art of the deal, too. Yeah. I'm Jerry Jones. What has Jerry Jones done this offseason? He gave Demarcus Lawrence the highest contract for any defensive end. Mm-hmm. He gave Zeke the highest contract for any running back after saying Zeke who and trying to do an onslaught of media. He comes out before Sunday's game and somehow there's a contract. There's a, Did you know that Dak is getting $50 million in off-field endorsements? So maybe he doesn't need it. Yeah, That right. story came out Sunday morning. Jerry Jones tried to be the master negotiator all offseason, and all he's done is give out the biggest contract at every single position and let Dak go out there and have a perfect quarterback rating and then do the deal. Some of the worst negotiating I've well, ever seen. Well, that's because seen. he's the king of the double talk. One day he's saying he's the best thing smoking. Oh, we love this guy. We want him to do everything. And then the next day he's saying, oh, we don't want to pay him. I mean, you listen, you can't believe both. If you believe in him, you're going to have to pay him, yes. especially at that position. You're going to have to pay him. And especially if you're saying you don't want to pay the other guy, which you ended up doing, ended up paying Zeke. Exactly. You're, you're going to have to pay the quarterback. But now if I'm Byron Jones or Amari Cooper and yeah. they're the next two up, yeah. hey, we don't have enough money. Nah, I think you might. I'll wait. I'll I wait. You might. Yeah, you always cave. Look, and this is the thing. Cowboys have one of the easiest pass defense schedules they're playing this year. Mm-hmm. Their next two games, Washington, Miami. Dak's going to keep it Cha-ching. going. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Well, if, let me ask you this. If you're Dak, do you wait till after Miami? Or do you say, ah, well, you know, what's the number now? I wait and see the number. You wait. Yeah. Okay. I want 40. I want okay. 40 a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's figure it out. Uh, they were the team that we are going, okay, we have this new offensive coordinator. We have a quarterback that's kind of up and coming. We'll see how they do. And they exceeded expectations. There were no more expectations on any team in the NFL than the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. And there was no performance on Sunday other than maybe the Steelers and the Dolphins as disappointing as the Cleveland Browns. They lose by 30 in a home opener in a year in which you're saying you're a Super Bowl contender. 18 penalties in week one, the most in 68 years for the Browns, mm-hmm. 182 yards. They had six penalties in the 15-yard variety. One was because of a punch on Miles Garrett. One was because of a kick on Greg Robinson, who got kicked out of the game. Little kicks. Two kick. roughing the passers. Right. Their offensive line is so bad. They let Greg Robinson go. He cleared waivers, and they brought him on. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line is so bad that when he got kicked out, 
And then their backup, Kendall Lamb, got a knee injury. They moved their starting right tackle, Chris Hubbard, to the left tackle and had to play Justin McCray at right tackle, who had just signed with the Browns the Monday before. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line is so bad that when they were trying to kick a field goal in the third quarter, their defensive tackle, Larry Ogunjobi, had to play offensive line. And this is what my season-long predictions were. It's the reason I did not have the Browns making the playoffs. You can have Jarvis Landry, and you can have Odell, and you can have Njoku, and you can have Chubb. But if your offensive line is a mess, and you traded your best offensive lineman, Kevin Zeitler, to the Giants, I don't care who your weapons are. If your offensive line isn't good, it doesn't matter. Baker Mayfield got hit so hard that I think there might be something wrong with his throwing motion. Because he threw three picks in the second half after that. I, I am in full panic mode on the Browns right now. He, he had a wrap on his hand after the game. And when I look at this team, to your point, Andy Reid always told us, you win in the trenches, offense and defensive line. It, it, you kind of put it in perspective for a house. That's like up in your bedroom on the fourth floor. You got the, you know, the TV on the wall. You got the stereo system, got the jacuzzi and everything. Yes. And it, but it's, it's held up by toothpicks on the bottom. You have no foundation. None. Everybody has to have a foundation. And it starts on the offensive line. But even before that, here, here was the two things I was worried about this football team. When you start winning, you start getting the big head, and you're saying, hey, we're better than everybody else. You win three, four in a row. We're better than everybody else. And if you lose one, you lose two, you lose three. This team, is it built? Is it built to recover from those things? Is there a culture? Is there character on this team? They got a brand-new head coach. Freddie Kitchens has not coached anywhere I know. Who's the leader on this team? Is it Baker? I think it's Baker. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He hasn't won in the NFL. He hasn't shown maturity to lead a football team of grown men. Oh, look, no. Look, oh, at no. the, look at the leaders in, in, in our NFL. Tom's a leader. Drew Brees a leader. I think in some ways Aaron Rodgers is kind of a leader in some ways. But they know how to lead grown men. Patty Mahomes seems like a leader. Yes, he is. They know how to get things the best out of other grown men. I'm watching the Arizona game, and I'm going, man – there's Terrell Suggs, two fucking sacks, That's right. doing what he needs to do. Hey, just doing enough and holding on. Old school doing it. I don't know that the Browns are built that way. I don't know if they're built with enough character and culture to say, listen, when things go rough, when things are getting bad, we're down by 10. You know, we looked, we're, we're close. We're, we're, listen, it's 15-13. It's the end of the third quarter. We're pretty doggone close. Now we got to go on a run. We battled back. Yes, who was going to say that? Who was going to, who's going to say, listen, this is what we work for every single down, every single day in practice. This is what we're built on. Is Baker Mayfield that guy? What do you think? I don't think so. He hasn't shown it yet. I am, I am he hasn't not, shown it yet. I, I will buy your stock in the Browns because I think the Browns are like a, a 9-7 and seven team. I don't think they're going to be a, a lo- under 500 team. Do they, they, they can't beat the Ravens. We know that. I, oh, now you're on the Ravens. Well, no. Just, I'm, the Ravens you. have a really good defense. <laughs> so I'll say this about the Browns. I am not going to count out Baker yet because no, he's a guy that's been no. counting out his whole life. And I do believe he has a leadership gene. I believe that the question, though, is on Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens last year was able to build an offense when he took over in the second half. That was a lot of pulling guards, a lot of inventive play calling, yeah. a lot of Jarvis Landry runs and Nick Chubb. And that's the reason trading Kevin Zeitler for Olivier Vernon was unnecessary for me. I already liked the Browns D-line. But now Freddie Kitchens has to go in the lab and go, I can't do seven-step drops. 
I can't do long developing plays. Also, I need to find a way to get Nick Chubb more involved to give Baker a little bit of time. Every time I looked up yesterday, Baker Mayfield was either running for his life or on his back. Cameron Wake, the ageless wonder for the Tennessee Titans, had like two, two and a half sacks mm-hmm, yesterday. Mm-hmm. The, the Tennessee Titans have, one, a phenomenal defensive coordinator, Dean Pease. Longtime Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator has been there for a few years. That man knows Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. He shut down Freddie Kitchens when he was with the Ravens before. But I, I look at, at the, the Titans and I go, amazing play calling. That screen to Derrick Henry, yeah. 75-yard yeah. touchdown, we haven't seen that at all. Um, I, I look at uh, the plays to A.J. Brown, who looks like a fucking monster. A grown man out there. Grown uh, fucking man. Those DBs are making business decisions, yes. not wanting to tackle him 30 yards down the field. Delaney Walker looked happy to be back. With me in San Fran. But I— I look at the Titans and I go, they're a good team right now. I don't know if they're going to sustain that, but I look at the Browns and I go, Freddie, it's all on you, man. You're going to need to find a way to reinvent this offense on the fly to overcome not a lot of time. This is what you see with the Titans. You see a hard nose, a hard coach, a fighting football team. They don't have the most talent in the world. They have some good players. They have some quality guys here and there, but they're going to fight. Period. Yeah. And that comes from their head coach, Mike Vrabel. comes from Vrabel. Because he's nasty. I and, played against Vrabel. Dean Pease. Look, look I, I think if the, ty- if the Patriots have the number one secondary in the NFL and the Ravens have two, you can make an argument yeah. that, the, that the Titans have three. I agree. They have three starting quality corners in Butler, Ryan, and then the guy, uh, Adoree Jackson. Yeah. You have Kevin Bayard. Uh, that is one of the best safeties, safeties in the, the NFL. Mm-hmm. And and I think they have, a, they have a lot of really good pieces, but the story is definitely the Browns' disappointment, but I'm proud of the Titans. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and, and this is true. You've heard this saying before. It's a big difference between being the hunter and the hunted. Oh, absolutely. You you heard what Delaney Walker said. Oh, they're getting all the credit. Everybody crowned them. All these they are who they are. You they know agree. why? Because all they've been hearing all offseason is the Browns this, the Browns that. They're going to take had, the league by. I had Kevin Byard on this podcast in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, week one, man, you're playing Odell. And he's like, we got something for him. Yeah. And that was three months ago. Licking their chops. I, I also tell you this, Vegas has been betting the Titans all offseason. They, they, the, one of the number one teams for the Sharps, Vegas was rooting for Tennessee. They're mm-hmm. like, we'd rather lose to all the very experienced betters instead of because all the money was coming in on Cleveland. They're the hyped up right, team. Right. Everybody was betting. Against. Anytime. It's a big difference between the hunted and the, being a hunter. We talk about, really, you should think about that for the Eagles. The underdog mentality, you yep. can't live that anymore. That They lived on that two, yes, ye- two years ago. But you're going to get every team's best. They better get used to that. The yes. Cleveland Browns, they better get used because to Because those it. guys know these highlights are going to be on Sports Absolutely. Center. And if Baker is doing great and he's doing his little drum thing before the game or Odell's dancing on us. All you heard all season, all offseason, is that the Cleveland Browns are the best team in football, best team in AFC. Really? Show me. Show me. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Show me. I hear that on paper. Show me. Yeah. What happens, and and this is one of the things, everybody has a game plan until you get hit in the mouth. I'm going to hit you in the mouth, and then I'm going to see what you're going to do. 
So I see know, how you react. I know that you don't, you're not on my side about the Ravens being the Super Bowl team, mm-hmm. but I did pick them to win the AFC North. Do I like? They look pretty good after what we saw of the Steelers yes. last night. It looked like they're the best team in the AFC North right it's now. Yeah, good. say hey, nice job. I, I would no, I'm not giving any That's credit. Good I, I, would, I would like to see the them, man left. I, <laughs> I would like to see them against a decent football team that not that that didn't give up before the game. Okay. Can I reserve judgment to that yeah, point? Of course. Because I'm, but I'm not. Just remember that they almost beat the Chiefs in Kansas City last year. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't roll out on fourth and 15 and throw up a miracle yeah, moonshot yeah. to Tyreek Hill, and they covered the spread, and I made $100. I almost hit the lottery last year, too. Just so you know, a lot of Fuck things you. almost happen, and that just doesn't work that way. Um, let's talk about some of the big injuries. Your guy, my guy, Nick Foles. Yeah. Broken clavicle. Uh, Going to go on IR, designated to return. Um Talk about, like, it's not as much as the Dolphins where they feel like their season's over. Obviously, with Gardner Minshew, he came in and played pretty well. He did play well. But if if you're the Jags and your defense that you're going, we're going to shut down the Chiefs week one, mm-hmm. you let up a like a 30 spot or whatever it was, and you lose your starting quarterback on yeah. a touchdown throw. Yeah. I mean, fuck, you got to be feeling like your season's like, man, there goes our year. You have to be feeling that. Any any team, not just the Jags, any team that lose their starting quarterback. And don't forget how they got Nick Foles. They were begging for a quarterback. They they The only thing that they thought last year that they were missing, and last year probably is not a good example because they fell apart towards the end of the year, but there was a couple years ago when they, they were right there and – they needed a quarterback. They needed a quarterback that could throw the ball, make those tight and small windows, make those types of throws, get the offense down the field. Not turn the ball over. Not turn the ball over. So that we're not handing the ball off to Fournette 50 times a yes. game. That's what you, the past game we're talking about, talking about the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. that's what they were looking for from Nick Foles. Unfortunately, and, and I, I love Nick Foles. Great dude. I yeah. mean, great dude. Obviously, you always hate to see injury. But this Jags team, they're in trouble. Because you I, have to score points now. And I'm not sure that they can score enough points. Defensively, they can stop some guys. I love that we're disagreeing this much. I need to write down all of our disagreements. Yes. The only, how many times are you going to be wrong? Well, the only reason that I'm a little bit higher on Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. is every time I watched the Jags in preseason, he got all the fucking snaps because they didn't play Nick Foles at all. And I kept going... Who is this guy? And I would go to the depth chart and I go, oh, he's that rookie out of Washington State. And he kept making plays where I was like, it's a really good throw. It's right. a really good decision. But you know when you're watching like a late round pick and in the back of your head, even when they do something well, you're like, it's the fucking preseason. Absolutely. I'm not counting this. Yeah. All I know is he's got a connection with DJ Chark. He's got a connection with D.D. Westbrook. The, the issue that I have for the Jaguars is that they had two backup tackles playing mm-hmm. yesterday or Jawan Taylor, a rookie. But I don't know who's winning the AFC South. Colts come back, fall short. What do you mean go, you don't know who's going to win it? Who do you think the is going to win it? The Texans are going to win it. Oh, I'll take that bet, too. What? I think the Texans. Like, I, I think the Texans are going to have a much worse year. But I think the Texans are going to be every single game for the Texans this year, Westbrook, is going to be 35-32. to 32. Yeah. Because their defense stinks. Yeah. Now their offense could be incredible. They can score some points. Yeah. But they can finally protect Watson. Yeah. They get yourself them left tackle. You got a nice oh, little man. running back situation there. You got some of the best receivers speed down the field. I mean, what else do you want offensively? I want a defense that's not going to let up forty points a game. Well, the Kansas Kansas City 
they did. They gave up. They gave up a bunch of points. You know what my issue with the Texans is? I think Bill O'Brien's one of the worst situational game coaches. That's that's a whole different thing. And and so in the end, like I I look at the Titans who just beat the Browns. I don't believe in them long term, but I go Vrabel, Pease, and then this guy Arthur Smith, who was the offensive coordinator yesterday. I liked what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So I like the coaching there. Texans, Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell. Not the biggest fan. Not the I'm, I'm fan. not a big fan of Bill O'Brien. Jacksonville, I, I, Doug Marone, and uh, and was it Todd Wash or something like that? Eh, okay. And then the other team in that division is Colts, which is um, Frank, Frank guy, Reich, Frank, Frank Reich, Reich yeah. and Matt Eberflus. Yep. I like those coaches. So and. I just see the Texans dropping some easy fucking games this year. There were some times, like I'm talking about the Jags now, there were some times where I thought that defense that was nasty, that just gave up. I think, and not only the defense, the team yeah. just gave up. I think what happened, I don't like that. What happened like to that. them yesterday, they had a big-time third down with Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. They get the stop. They get a late hit called, and they the team freaks out. Uh, one of the, I think it was Demarcus Robinson, pushes Miles Jack. Miles Jack punches him in the face, kicked out. Yeah. Miles Jack is the heartbeat of that Jaguars defense. Mm-hmm. He got so emotional that I think it threw off the Jags, and then the, the 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 Chiefs went out there, and Patrick Mahomes had 300 yards passing. I think that I'm going to try and take advantage in my betting mind of the Jaguars coming up because I think people are going to go, oh, Minshew and that defense. Yeah. Mahomes got fucking nailed a lot yesterday. I, they got I'm, a lot of pressure on him. I'm going to tell you what happens with young quarterbacks. Interceptions. Yep. They turn the ball over, sacks, and fumbles. If you want to make a good defense bad, do that. And and see how much they, time they spend on the field. Oh, they, yeah. The defense spends 35, 40 minutes oh. on the field. See how bad they are That's by That's what mid-season. happened to Jacksonville last exactly year. Exactly what happened but to I them think last I, year. I think Gardner Minshew is already better than Blake Bortles. Who, who do they have next week? Let me see what their schedule is like. The Jaguars play, I think it's somebody winnable. Really? Let's see. They have next week the Texans. Perfect. 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 You might put a wager on that one. Perfect. We'll see how the Texans do Monday Night Football. We'll see how they do. Yo, you're, always trying, to, you're, trying, you're always trying to, uh, you know. Well, no, I want to see how the Texans look against the Saints. They're going to beat the Saints, and they're going to come back and lose to the Jaguars. Feeling it. Uh, Todd Gurley. Uh, from watching Todd Gurley, uh, Eight carries. Everyone's going, oh, what's the deal? Malcolm Brown gets the two carries right. in, the, in, in the goal line. What was interesting, though, was fourth quarter. Todd Gurley got eight carries for 64. For the game, he went 14-97. Mm-hmm. When the Rams needed him, he went off. Yeah. And I'm not that worried about Gurley. I think that we are overreacting a little bit because it's upsetting fantasy owners. What do you mean? Oh, who's your, oh, you mean I think people, because they're saying Malcolm Brown is getting so many carries? I think people are going, something's wrong with Gurley's knee. Yeah. It's mysterious. There is. Gurley's an issue. Absolutely. At the same point, when push came to shove yesterday, they gave Gurley the rock and Gurley busted off like two or three runs that were over 10 yards. And I think that... They're managing his carries. They're doing what they should. But I think us as fans want Gurley to get 30 carries. There is something wrong with his knee. And it's not going to get better. But they're doing the absolute right thing. Yeah. It's the first game of the season. Give him 14 carries. Yeah. To me, his ideal range at this point is 13 to 17 carries. Because you have Malcolm Brown. You have Jared Goff. Hopefully, he th- he throws for a better game. He yeah. passes for a better game in the future. 
th- that's what you're supposed to do because, again, for this team, we're not talking about trying to make it to the playoffs. We're talking about we need this horse, Todd Gurley, in the backfield yeah. during the playoffs. We didn't have him last year, and many people point to that as the reason why they lost the Super Bowl. To me, it's all about preserving him, doing just enough, give, give him the reps, win some football games, and make sure that he's there at the end of the season. This is brilliant by Sean McVay. Yes, Listen, fantasy has ruined people's thoughts it about has. things. It has. But this is the right way to do it. Yeah, there, there are people walking around right now going, is John Ross one of the best wide receivers in the NFL? Yeah. Calm down. For one week. Um, so we were talking about the Browns and their struggles earlier. They play on Monday night next week, the Jets. And... Talk about two teams that came out and just blew week one. Mm-hmm. Jets were up, what, 15 to nothing? Lost that game 16 to 15. Mm-hmm. I got three names for you I just want to talk about. Adam Gase. Adam Gase comes from Miami to the Jets. Jets fans were already like, I don't know if he's the best coach. Has the crazy press conference with his eyes all over the place. <laughs> and then they go out there and listen to this. Eight points. On offense, because they got a pick six, 223 yards of offense, 3.4 yards per play. Mm-hmm. Since 2000, teams that win the turnover margin four to nothing were 177 and six. On Sunday, the Jets made it 177 and seven. Yeah. They have a mismanaged kicker situation. Mm-hmm. This kid, Vedvik, missed an extra point and a field goal. Their first eight weeks, Westbrook. After, after Sunday, which they had to win, they faced the Browns, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Patriots twice. Tough schedule. Where do you think we are with Adam Gase right now? Do you have hope that he's going to turn it around? Or are you looking at, at Monday night against the Browns and going, this could be bad? Well, I, I think that there was a big question after getting fired in, uh, in, in, in Miami. You know, everybody thought he was just this mastermind, strategist, play caller. I didn't I didn't think that. I saw what was going on in Miami. It didn't look great down there. He didn't show me anything there. I, I think Sam Darnold is going to be a good quarterback. I really, really do. Yesterday, he looked like garbage. I mean, you can't throw the ball 41 times and complete 28 of them. You he can't got, do it. He had five passes batted down the line and yeah. the scrimmage deflected. The garbage. The, the problem, though, is is... I, I, the reason I took the Bills in the game was because the Jets' offensive line is really banged up. Yeah. And all the footage I'm seeing today, they got pushed around too. They did. They it's did. It's going to be a desperation game on Monday night where either the Browns or the Jets are starting off 0-2. And both of those teams came in with serious playoff expectations. Well, you, you got in a game like that, you got to look at talent. Who has the most talent, right? And, and I think – I think – that the Browns have more talent. I I also think that they've been humble. A smack in the face this past week humbles them. They refocus, and I think they they end up beating the Jets. You have been on teams that have been shellacked, like the Browns were. You've probably been on teams like um, the Jets, where you've had a lead the whole game, and you blew it. Mm -hmm. Mentally... Who has the advantage? The team that got beat up for most of the game or the team that kind of let it slip away? I, I think the team that – it's a good question. I think the team that uh, got beat up most of the game because you're saying if you got beat up, you're saying, listen, we got to be tougher and we got to be more nasty. We got to be more determined. We got to do things a different way than the way we did it. Right. And we can win. We have the talent to do it. Now, the team that was up that let us slip away was like, we were doing everything right. We don't know what the heck happened. Mm. How did this happen? And – Will that happen again? And some points, 
teams that let it slip away, they're always saying, oh, man, it's third quarter. We're up by three. When is it going to be that point where the, the, the momentum swings to the other team? When is it going to be that point when they, they, they just take advantage? To right. me, I thought this Jets defense was going to be good this year. The one, and they were. They were. I mean, they one forced, sack. I mean, listen. Yeah, but they forced five turnovers. Josh Allen really wasn't able to get anything going. No, but what, he threw the ball thirty-seven times. Thirty-seven dropbacks. One sack. That's not in this in today's league. That's not going to be good enough. So the other thing that happened with the Jets is C.J. Mosley went out in the third quarter. Yep. When he went out, Devin Singletary of the Bills went off. Mm-hmm. So the question that I'm going to have is: Is will Mosley be back? But. I look at the Browns and Jets. Both teams have offensive line issues right now. Absolutely. Both teams have defensive lines that we think should be able to get after the quarterback. I believe the Browns have better pass rushers than the Jets. The Jets' great defensive linemen are interior guys. Um, And the Jets' secondary is a lot worse off than the Browns, but the Jets are going to be home. But either way, desperation for Browns Jets in well, week they, two. They, they allowed a comeback at home last yesterday. So, I mean, that doesn't yeah. mean very much to me. I, I just, I think. Usually in these situations, the team that got beat up just a bit, got blown out, got embarrassed. Really, that, that's an embarrassment. You lose by 30, that's an embarrassment. It is. At home, first game of the season, that's an embarrassment. You buckle down and you try to figure it out. You figure out a way to go back and make a statement on the road. And really, and it's weird, uh, where's this game? At, at, in the Jets, right? New York. I'm New going. York. So I, I think on being on the road probably is a great thing for the Browns right now. They don't have to worry about the booing. They don't have to worry about the pressure of being at home, showing off for your fans. You kind of sleep in a different bed, a different hotel. You can remain focused. Yeah. This is a good thing for for the Browns. And now they get back to zero. The it was looking like it was going to be rough for Kyler Murray. Yeah, and it turned around. First half, Kyler Murray six of sixteen, forty-one yards and an interception. I'm watching that game, and I'm not going to lie. I feel like I kind of jinxed him. I checked green check. On my bet, Detroit minus two and a half. They're up 17 nothing. They're up 24 to six in the fourth. Feel up good 18. About it. Feeling amazing. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray couldn't do anything. The announcer literally said, I would compare the Cardinals' offense to garbage, but that would be an insult to garbage. And then my kid went off. Yeah. Finished the game 19 of 54 for 308 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Kyler Murray has one of the most beautiful deep balls that I've seen. His throws to Larry Fitzgerald, who, God bless Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how Larry's still doing it. Unbelievable. I mean, he catches everything. We know that. But just be able to still run routes for the last 15 years, it's been amazing. Fourth quarter, it's third and 14. He hits Larry Fitzgerald for a 41-yard catch. They never looked back. Mm -hmm. After that, they found man-to-man all over the field. And I'm looking at Patricia, and I'm going, you're not getting any pressure right now. And you're running, you're rushing two, and you're rushing three. I feel like they were scared to rush him in, in a weird way. I think they were trying to contain him in the yeah, pocket. Yeah. But by doing that, they allowed him more time to find those man-to-man matchups. But the, real, the play that it came down to was Detroit had the ball late in the fourth, and they're driving. They get two first downs. They get one more first down, the game's over. It's third down. They run a, a play where it's like a jet sweep thing to J.D. McKissick, gets the first down, game over. Hold on. Timeout was called. Matt Patricia, through Daryl Bevel, called the timeout. Yep. They had to redo the play. Matt Stafford is shown off walking off the field going, trust me, as in stop calling a timeout, I'll get the playoff. They get stopped on third down. Kyler Murray drives down the field. 
touchdown. We're going to overtime. It ends in a tie, which sucks. Bet. Fucking hate ties. But I leave the game going, Kyler Murray is going to be a baller. In this Wait, league. You leave the game saying, you know what? He fought back. 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're down 18, 18 points, 24-6. I mean, you're saying, hey, game's over. It's a wrap. He fought back. He led his team. We're talking about leaders. Yeah. Guys are going to say, follow me. He walks into the huddle and says, listen, guys, we're coming back right now. We're going to go down and score. And he wanted to go for it on fourth down wanted overtime to go for with Absolutely. one minute left. He was freaking out. I want to tell you how, how things get ugly for you. Look at the possessions. First possession for the Cardinals. Punt, interception, punt, 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 field goal, into the first half. Yeah. Punt, punt, field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, and then it goes field goal, then punt. But, I mean, it, it just tells you tail of two halves. It also tells you when you get hot in this league, you can go for a lot of yards. And I think that's what happened with Kyler Murray. Here's the thing. They're still trying to prove that their air raid offense actually works in the NFL. There's a lot of teams that use pieces of it here and there. But to use it for the entire game, I'm, they're still trying to figure that out. They're still also trying to figure out can a, a five – 10 quarterback working the NFL. Three of those passes. I mean, I saw a bunch of his passes. At least three got batted at the line of scrimmage. I saw that. And that that kind of concerns me just a bit. I didn't think that the Detroit offense was very good. I mean, excuse me, defense was very good coming into the game. I thought that the Arizona Cardinals, based on what they said in the preseason, we didn't show a lot in the preseason. We right. didn't show these guys too much. That they would come out and do some tricky things, some motion and things like that. And they did. And it just didn't work. Yeah. And there were some throws that Kyler made that in college would work. In the NFL, no, 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 no. Yeah. The, the defenders are just too good. They're too fast and they're too tall and long. I took away from this. I think it is undoubtable that Kyler Murray is going to be a great quarterback mm-hmm. in this league. I'm not worried about his height. His zip that he can throw those out routes Absolutely. is – I don't think he's the fastest thrower in the NFL. I still think Mahomes and Allen and, and some of those guys. But Kyler's strength is up there with any of them. Number two, I would rather the air raid offense get destroyed in the first half and come back in the second half. Because my question with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray is not can you game plan, but can you adjust? Mm-hmm. What I watched yesterday was the former defensive coordinator of the Patriots not adjust his defense which made me think, hey, listen, you probably weren't the guy in New England adjusting, adjusting that defense. Right. It was probably Bill. Mm-hmm. But you came out with a good first-half plan, Patricia, because that's what you can do. But Bill was an adjuster. Well, nobody adjusts like Bill Belichick. Of course. Nobody is. But if Kingsbury is able in the first half to be held to 41 yards passing and then the second half go for 267, well, then guess what? That's more valuable. The Cardinals are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. No. Cardinals aren't going to win the NFC West this year. I don't even know if the Cardinals are going to win more games than they lose. But if they show that they have a coaching staff and a quarterback that can adjust on the fly, that's more valuable than anything. Because that means that once you really start getting it going, we'll get better game plans. Cliff Kingsbury doesn't know how to game plan the NFL yet. Not yet. He, like, he doesn't even know, do I look at last year's tape? Do I look at preseason tape? He doesn't even have anything to work off of right now for defenses. I don't think their offense looks that revolutionary. No. It's a lot of spacing. But the true thing is, Kyler Murray has the arm to challenge you anywhere on the field. And he has the wheels to scare you. And if you have those two things, bro, you can stop. You can beat anybody. 
I think that what I saw out of Kyler was proof that he could be a guy in this league. The question is, will Kyler run a little bit more? Because he didn't really run that much. I don't much. think he wants to. I, I don't think he wants to. But and then, and I don't think the coach needs, wants to. But he fucking to. needs to. Well, I, I think the same thing with Lamar. I think exactly. for them to be the ultimate level of success, they have to. Because well, Holmes, you're taking Lamar, away a big Josh part of their Allen, game. Yeah. Darnold. Why would if, you do that? If you have the feet, you got to scare them. I like the fact that they got David Johnson going just a bit. Yes. Last year, they, he was lost. Oh, couldn't, couldn't find him. I saw a spray chart online of where David Johnson got the ball in week one last year mm-hmm. compared to this year. Last year, it was everything between the tackles. That's right. Le- this year, I mean, he caught a, a fucking seam route down the middle for three. Get him on the yards. edge. Get him in space. That's what he did. The couple of years ago, whenever he had the, you know, the, the close to 2,000 yards, that's what he was doing. Yeah, he was he was in space. Put him in space. Get him some mismatches against linebackers. I think this offense would do it. Would do that. I'm wondering, um, can Larry keep this up? That's that has to be a big question. I'm not doubting him. You know the only other easy. I'll say this: as an older guy, is that first game is the easy one. It's coming back that next week. Yeah. And then next week, and then next week, and then next week. It's just it's just hard. And I'm not saying if anybody could do it, it's Larry. Exactly. But I'm just saying it gets harder and harder week by week. I think my only surprise the, – the thing about Larry is, what is he, number three all-time for catches? It has to be up there. Yeah. And he's got, like, the second longest streak to, like, Jerry Rice ever. He has played with such shitty quarterbacks yeah. for his entire career. The only good one was other Kurt. Other than Kurt. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the amount of Stantons and other guys that he's played with. That I wonder if he's a little bit rejuvenated playing with somebody that's got it like this. But for him to lay out the way he has – the only thing that surprised me about Larry is that he's not playing for the Patriots because I feel like that's the team where he's going to end up. Yeah, they'll they'll never let him go. They, they they had a lot of opportunities to let Larry go. They will never let him go. Do you have fun? Of course, man. Come on. Fucking brother. A. It's good yeah. to fucking have you in here. The Eagles, hey, the Eagles, the meter. Where are we at? Five. I'm at so five. So you're at a five and I'm a 6.4. I mean, you told me you love this team. Yeah. yeah. Super Bowl, you can't tell me they're going to the Super Bowl at 6.4 right now. Well, I, this was before the Malik Jackson injury. Uh, and okay. Yeah, I'm a yeah. little bit. You're down on them now. I'm not down. I'm a 6.4. You're a 5. You're fucking down well, on I'm them. down on them right now because they didn't start right. But you're at 6.4. 6.4 is failing. That's, That's a failing grade. Ryan Westbrook considers himself a San Francisco 49. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. The worst year of my life. Uh, we are recording. That. We'll talk about that on the next episode. We're recording this on Monday. So we're going to talk more about the Monday night games when the podcast comes out on Thursday. And we'll get into Texans, Saints, and uh, Raiders, uh, Broncos. I am flying to Oakland. I'm going to red-eye back to to record on Wednesday. Let's go. And I'm not stopping. And you didn't even invite me to Oakland, man. Well, no, I got shit to do, bro. Oh, yeah. It's a business trip. Hang out a little bit. Oakland's a nice place to hang out at. All right, we'll get after it. All right. Uh, For Brian Westbrook, I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And we will holla, holla, holla at you later. Good luck with your bets. I went three and two in the super contest. The Lions fucked me out of four and one. Of course, we're going to have Westbrook coming up on Thursday's pod. Warren Sharp making you money on Friday's pod. Love you guys. We'll holler at you later. Peace.